be authentic. If you're being authentic and you are offering your own personality and something of value to people who are like you, then you can't help but be successful. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain Why are there lots of mega celebrities on YouTube but not many successful brands? You've made a great video and uploaded it to YouTube. Now what? And if you can't afford to employ a pro video team, can you still compete with the big boys? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Jade Lovell. Jade, welcome to DMR. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, welcome. Great to have you here. Well, Jade um, and her business partner are YouTube video producers who run the YouTube channel Did Someone Say Science? Previously, they were the digital dream for the world's largest PR agency, Weber Shanwick, where she worked as the VP of digital for Asia, Europe, Middle East and Africa. So, Jade, you've made digital videos for some of the world's biggest brands. What makes a successful video? That is a great question. And I think if I could answer it uh, totally, I would have all the money. Uh, but just some of the things that make a successful video, uh, it, it can be hard for brands because often they have conflicting conflicting objectives. They have to make a video that is promoting something or they have a boss above them that is trying to tell them to make something that might not be what they want to make. Um, but three things that always help could be, one, figure out who your audience are. Who are you trying to target and what value are they going to get out of that? So what we try and do is when we're making a video, we try and think exactly what are people going to say when they share that video on Facebook? What are they going to write when they share it with their friends? So you, to do that, you need one, an, the, a very clear idea of who your audience are, two, a very clear idea of what value you're offering that audience. And three, you have to promote your video. This so often people will blow their whole budget on video production and spend no money at all on promoting it. And then they wonder why they're not getting the views that they expected that they would on YouTube. So audience, value and promotion. Excellent. Okay. Um, so, so that's a great summary there. You know, and one of the questions that I touched upon initially um, as part of the introduction was um, um, the fact that there's so many successful individuals now on YouTube, but um, brands are finding it a little bit more challenging. Why exactly is that? That's a great question. I think we, we've, uh, I have made videos with some of, as you mentioned, some big brands like MasterCard and Microsoft, and you, you assume that because they're so big, they've got so many resources at, at available for them, and they're totally focused on making the best videos possible. But often they're trying to do their video production in amongst so many other things, and they don't really spend the time and put the thought behind it that a YouTube celebrity might be. So if you look at most YouTube celebrities, they're not big brands. They're just people that are really passionate about something. And I think that's what separates um, a brand from many brands from many YouTubers. The YouTubers come across as passionate, they're enthusiastic, and they really want to talk directly to their audience, whereas brands can be more generic. And so what some brands have done is harness the power of YouTube celebrities and and collaborated and tag teamed and tapped into the audience that a YouTube celebrity might have already made for themselves and promoted their brands through that. We're seeing that happen more and more collaborations between brands and YouTube celebs. 
Okay, and so if you are a big brand, and maybe some people internally haven't expressed an interest in assisting you in, in video marketing and um, um, video production on a, on a consistent basis, what kind of traits um, should that brand be looking for in individuals to, to try and make their videos more successful? That's a good question too. <laughs> I think the most important thing is authenticity. If you are really passionate about the thing that you're making or the topic that you're talking about, that's going to come across in your video. And it's always a pleasure to watch people who really love to talk about something to do it. And, you know, I've watched the strangest videos from like the history of beer and and, and a, a guy that was just really enthusiastic about sharpening pencils. I have no interest in how to sharpen pencils, but he did. And it was such a pleasure to watch him talk about that. So if you've got if you're a big brand and you've got people there that really love what they do and they they have something to offer that they enjoy talking about, it doesn't matter so much if they're not the most articulate, if they're not the CEO, if they're not the um, the most beautiful or handsome faces, if they're just really passionate and and love talking about it, that will be the difference, and it will it will be clear to the audience that they are being real people and it's so much easier to engage when people are being authentic. Okay, so authenticity is absolute key. Um, but what about the video quality itself? Um, is it important to have an HD quality um, video produced in a um, way that looks really good, that um, the lighting's right and um, also get your audio absolutely right as well? Or is the message what you're saying even more important than that? Mm, there's, I've come from this from both sides. I've worked in a big studio with all the best equipment and I've also made videos that we've just done with a handheld camera um, and, and with not the best equipment. And some of the best video makers like Casey Neistat, who's a, a huge uh, celebrity on YouTube, he is a huge advocate of just using your, your point-and-shoot camera. I mean, he chooses a good quality point-and-shoot that he knows how to work, work well, um, but it's not the most expensive technology. So you don't need a huge, bu huge budget. Um, but there are two main things that people should be focused on no matter what equipment you have. One is sound, and you can get great sound without the most expensive equipment, but you have to set it up right. So spend the time to make sure that you're in a quiet place um, and that you've, you've mic'd the person up correctly or that you've, you've got the, your microphone pointed in the right direction and test the sound before you start because it will destroy your video if your sound is terrible. Mm. And the second thing that you can do is um, have the area well lit. So either go outside and use some of the natural light or take the time to find a nice well-lit area inside. Um, one trick can be to have multiple points of light coming in. So we've filmed videos before inside with just three different house lamps but all pointed from different angles and it made a nice studio lighting effect. So if you can get your sound and your lighting done well, you don't need to have really expensive sound and lighting equipment. You just need to take the time to set up the equipment that you have well. Okay, um, and um, in terms of the, the actual microphone itself, you know, I mean, obviously, as this is a podcast, I'm quite focused on audio quality, <laughs> and, and hopefully the listeners will like the audio quality. Um, I, I think it's important to have um, a decent quality dynamic microphone when recording a podcast, um, but that's quite a big, hefty microphone generally. Um, is that the sort of microphone that is appropriate for a video as well, or would you recommend a smaller microphone for videos? 
Yeah, we use all different mics depending on what the situation is. So you can get really fairly cheap um, lapel mics for about $50. Mm. So they work really well if you're in a fixed environment. So you're doing a talking heads video, an interview with someone and they're not moving around. They can give you pretty good sound quality because they're quite close to the person when they're talking. You can also these days, I mean, there's so much technology out there. You can get um, microphones that you plug directly into an iPhone and then you're recording into your iPhone so you're mobile mm. and you don't have to worry about how close uh, the camera is to the subject. You can hold the microphone straight underneath them. So it's good to have, you need to find the right mic for the scenario that you're doing. But if you just jump on um, Amazon or uh, there's a number of websites, you can find different mics and for the purpose that you need that aren't going to break the bank. Okay. Now, in, in terms of videos, um, one of the things that I like shouting about is that um, um, if you search um, YouTube for digital marketing, um, my video was number one for that. Um, so it's a seminar that I, that I did myself about a year and a half ago. Um, I can just, uh, I, I was just wondering if I can hear you, hear you <laughs> typing away there. <laughs> no, no, but, no. no it's, um, so, um, but it's a similar that I did about a year and a half ago, but it's quite long. It's about an hour and a half long or so. And, um, uh, you know, I was, uh, I've been talking to a few people and um, I, I, I gather that um, I would have probably been better off maybe splitting that up into lots of different videos, focusing on different um, subjects, having different keyword targeting for each video. And I would have probably ultimately driven more content, more views um, by, by by doing that. Um, do you have um, an ideal length of video that you recommend to your clients? Mm. Uh, and it's also the SEO question too. I mean, you want to be discovered and having a lot of different videos with topics that are keyworded well can help you be discoverable. Yeah. It's a great question about how long should a video be. I guess the traditional advice would be keep it short. So three to five minutes is um, where people usually like that's that's the, the length that people are used to when they're watching YouTube. Um, but it really depends on your audience. And so some people make longer videos and have a lot of success doing that. Um, what I would suggest is don't necessarily listen to what the conventional wisdom is because that's conventional and general. Think about who your audience are and then take the time to actually look at what the stats say. Mm. If you make a short video and a long video and people seem to be engaging with your long videos more and you're getting more views, then do that. So obviously, a short video is generally the right thing to do. Um, but if your audience really, are, you know, maybe you're talking about something that's quite complicated and they want to see it all in one go, then then feel free to do what works. I think that's great advice there. Um, don't just follow at the herd. Don't just follow everyone else. Trust your gut. Look at your stats, uh, but also ask your audience as well afterwards. You know, you can ask them, did you prefer that? Would you have preferred a video that's a little bit longer as well? And um, you can keep on evolving and honing what you do, I guess, over the longer term. Absolutely. The audience comments are one of the most valuable sources of feedback you can find. We, we first started out like, you know, I'll ask my mom, mom, what did you think of the video? And, you know, she, they're always going to go, that's lovely, dear. It's great. Um, but if you get comments that are saying, you know, this is a little bit too complicated for me to, to get all in one go, maybe your videos need to be shorter. So really listen and read the comments and seek out feedback from people who aren't your friends because they will tell you honestly how um, valuable they found your video. Now, in terms of comments, are you talking about comments on the YouTube um, video itself on YouTube? 
Yeah, it can be the comments on YouTube, but you know, a lot of people are tying their video properties into other properties. So they might have an article on their blog or it might be on their website. Um, wherever you are hosting your video or your, if you know, if it's outside of videos, if it's your articles, your podcasts, wherever it is, seek feedback from people. You don't have to always end your video with, how did you think I went this time? (laughs) Um, But it's worthwhile just sending it around to, you know, people who are in your field and saying, you know, is this valuable to you? Is there anything you think I, I missed or I didn't get right? How did you find the length? There is also an argument for creating longer videos because it can mean that people watch it several times. So there's there's pros and cons either way, but your audience will tell you what they prefer and it's really important to listen to them. So in terms of how you finish your video, um, is it appropriate to finish your video each time with a call to action to try and get people to sign up to a list or something like that? Yeah, I do a combination of things. I always overlay a clickable link on our videos and you can do this in YouTube in the um, after you've finished uploading a video you can get into the back end and overlay clickable links so your um, your listeners and your viewers can subscribe to your channel so I always make that a call to action please subscribe um, subscriptions are a good me- metric of your success so subscription mat- numbers can matter um, but if it, your topic is something where you your call to action might be that you want to make sales, you're making this video to sell a product or to drive traffic to your website and convert there, then that needs to be the call to action that you put at the end of your video. So I would always have something and a lot of videos kind of end uh, with a very anticlimactic like, oh, that was nice. And it's always nice to to give people something to do afterwards, to find out more, to visit your website or to subscribe to see more videos, depending on what the purpose of your video is. Okay, and I'd like to um, get a few tips from you in relation to optimizing the video to actually try and get as many views as possible. Um, So in relation to keywords within, I would imagine, the title and description, and also maybe driving initial traffic and um, retaining that quantity of traffic by getting it ranked, hopefully on a consistent basis, um, quite high for your target keyword phrase. Um, Could you give a few tips in relation to that? Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've covered a few of the points there. (laughs) It's very important to keyword your video. So there's a few different ways you can do this. One is to put the the keywords in the title. So we recently released a video about Ebola. And so we put Ebola in the title and we also put it in the description as well a few times um, so that when people are searching for that topic and we know it's something that people are talking about now, that they will find that video. Um, You can also... um, YouTube still can't quite tell, and it's very funny if you try, it still can't quite tell what the um, subtitles for your video should be. Um, YouTube tries to listen to the sound and, and, and figure out what you're trying to say, but it can't always do it well. So you need to tell YouTube what the subtitles are. And by uploading subtitles, which can take a little bit of time, but it's very well worth it because you're telling YouTube exactly what's in that video, and that will help drive search traffic as well. So put keywords in, keywords in the title, keywords in the description, and also take the time to transcribe your video and upload subtitles. That's one thing that I've never done, actually, is I upload um, transcriptions, or oh, I certainly have to experiment with that at some point. So do you actually have to line up where the words go, or will YouTube automatically do that? 
So YouTube can't tell what you're saying, but it can tell where you're saying it, which I think is great. So <laughs> you can, it's really actually quite, uh, they make it as easy for you as possible because um, it pauses the video. So if you're listening to the video and typing what you're saying as you're saying it, it will pause the video so you've got enough time to catch up. And then as soon as you stop typing, it plays the video again. Um, but it can can link your words to the audio. So you just have to type out where everything is. You can take the extra time to line it up manually, but YouTube can do that automatically for you. So it's a very, very nifty extra added feature. But one thing I will tell your listeners to do is push the publish button at the end because if you don't push publish, your video and its subtitles will not go live. Mm. And this is a new thing that YouTube's just changed and it's causing there's a little bit of uh, Twitter um, activity going on about it um, and it's made a few people unhappy because they haven't pushed the publish button and their videos aren't there mm. and uh, it's and they're not going out at the the right time so push the publish button once you're done uploading your subtitles so um i mean just um another selfish question in relation to these um, <laughs> subtitles um if i have um, um a transcription already typed out is that something that can be uploaded up or does it Absolutely. have to so that okay, that can work. And that that's even better too. You can have the transcription separately from the video. So you can upload the transcription as the subtitles, mm. and then you can put um, some people, especially people who have music, they'll put the lyrics in the description as well. Then you might have a link to that video on your other property, like your blog um, or or your website. And so you can put the um, or on Google Plus, especially because Google and YouTube obviously owned by the same people. So if you can put as much of the content of your video onto Google Plus, it will just help signal to Google and YouTube, the two biggest search engines available, that this you are the, the source of this information. And, and if people are searching for that, to come and watch your video. So as much as many keywords as in as many places as you can put them without being spammy. Okay, um, so um, we've already mentioned that um, there are quite a few um, individuals who are stars on YouTube and um, brands have found it challenging in the past. But I would imagine that might change the more money that um, brands actually throw at videos in the future. Do you think it'll be just as easy for smaller business to, businesses to be able to compete with the big boys in the future? Yeah, there's, there's two parts to that. One is that it's now becoming easier for people who are creating really good content to keep doing that. Um, living off the advertising revenue is is a scary place to be. You need millions of views to make it worth your while. Um, but there's also other websites um, like Subbable and Patreon that um, where people who love your content, they can actually contribute financially towards that and um, encourage and help you to make more. So it's supporting those smaller YouTubers to compete with these big brands. Um, the second part of that is you can throw as much money and have the most amazing production value. But if you're still talking about something that people are not interested in, they're not going to watch your videos. And unfortunately, a lot of brands think that if they spend $100,000 and create an amazing video uh, that, that is about you know a new product that they're releasing, um, people will watch it. But if people aren't interested in your product, if your video is not giving them something that is valuable to the viewer, they're still not going to engage. No matter how beautiful your audio quality is, no matter how beautiful your lighting is, they're not going to watch it. So brands need to really work out what value they're offering and stop talking about themselves necessarily and start thinking about what their audience wants to hear what is something that they can give to their audience that's valuable. And that's when we're going to see audiences really um, taking on the YouTube celebrities. 
So lots of great video marketing tips there, um, but let's segue into the second section of our discussion and that focuses on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? I think that... Um digital marketing and marketing in general is moving away from being an art and more into being a science. So I use a lot of analytical software and the most basic tools like Google Analytics and YouTube Analytics are so useful. I really carefully watch what people are saying and how they're reacting to videos. And so if you, if you watch the numbers you can find out what's working and what's not working and turn your marketing into a science and improve your videos in, in, like immeasurably. So in relation to YouTube analytics, what are the most important stats to be keeping an eye out for? I, I think views are an obvious metric, um, but we all secretly love the comments because <laughs> comments mean that people are really engaging with what you're saying. And you know you're doing something well when lots and lots of people are, are taking the time to leave a comment. With a view, you're not sure if they watched all the way to the end or if they cared or if they shared it anywhere. But with comments, you can tell what people are thinking and it also helps you in your future videos. So um, just watching the views is great. But I, if you've got lots of comments, you're really on the money. Okay. And if you're also using a third-party video service um, like Wistia, for example, um, then you can perhaps get a little bit more data and you can see how far people have viewed on videos. Um, is it, do you think, worthwhile uh, for businesses um, to be using um, services like Wistia instead of YouTube so they can see the metrics and perhaps have a little bit more control over um, the publishing of the video um, and who's viewed the video? Um, or is, has the, is the marketing and distribution benefits of YouTube um, outweighing the benefits um, of using other services? I think the good thing about being in digital marketing is that the offering of services like YouTube is always improving. So I don't use a third-party provider, although there are benefits to doing that. I just use the YouTube analytics. The YouTube analytics can show you where people are dropping off when they're stopping to when they've stopped watching your video. They okay. give you a nice graph, um, and that can actually be really useful as well because you know some some people like for example there is a cooking channel and they notice that. People, as soon as they finished cooking the food and had a mouthful of the food, people stopped watching. They just wanted to see the presenter tasting the food. And, and uh, you know, that's strange, but, you know, that's what people were doing. And so all the information that they were saying at the end of that, like, please subscribe to our channel, no one was seeing that. So they made sure that they said all of that information before anyone took a bite of the food. And that means that people were sticking around right to the end. So I guess no matter what service you're using, Make sure you're using it well and improving on what the stats are telling you. And slightly more challenging question, what software don't you use but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? <laughs> good, good question. <laughs> I have been meaning to use Adobe Premiere, the edit, video editing software for ages. Mm. Um, I, I have, I'm very lucky to have a team um, and a video editor who I work with who is amazing at using Premiere. So I've never had to learn. I do all my video editing through the very simple iMovie application that comes with Macs. Um, but I've been meaning to use Premiere because it has so much more functionality and you can make more amazing videos than what iMovie can. So yes, if I, I know that it's going to take me a little bit of time to work out though. So I've been putting it off and off. But yes, 
premiere would be great. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? I think the one thing I wish I had done is be more authentic because I, I knew that I was interested in science, but I didn't when we started our science channel. So I just thought, you know, if I just tell people about science, then they're going to be interested. Mm. But they're not necessarily, you know, there's so many different places where people can learn about science. They want something more than that. They want to engage. They want to be entertained. So I think that if I had had my time again, a lot of the earlier videos that I made, it was they were very like piece to camera, you know, not super interesting or engaging, funny, but you know, my personality is engaging and enthusiastic and funny. So I should have let more of the my own personality come through and just been more authentic. If you're super nerdy, then show your nerdy side. If you're not that articulate, you know, people find that endearing. So if you are authentic, people feel like, you know, you're their friend, that you're a real person and then they'll they'll engage with you more. Great advice. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Email or Twitter? Twitter. And here's the difficult one for you. Audio or video? Uh, video, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Affiliates or display advertising? Neither. Advertising is terrible. Mm. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-and-one one relations? One-and-one one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO, definitely. Email contact form or telephone number? Both. All different people like all different things. You need to cater to everyone. Website or app? Uh, website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. Add local marketing or global marketing? Local. Do both, do them well. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) You get a cheer because I I don't think there was more than two sitting on fences, but um, any more than that (laughs) gets a boop. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Moving on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure its success? I think this comes back to being authentic. So the same thing happened to Casey Neistat, a great YouTube maker, and he was given $25,000 to promote the movie The Life of Walter Mitty. And he, instead of spending it on a promotional activity, he did something really authentic to his personality. He went on a trip to uh, a country that had just been hit by a natural disaster and spent the money on buying food and supplies for the people. And that was a lot more in tune with his fan base and what they wanted to see than something that was more promotional and commercial. So I think I would try and do something super nerdy, maybe go on a world tour and visit, you know, the great science celebrities that I've always wanted to see and spend the money on something that I love doing and just capture that as well. And uh, would you try and measure the effectiveness of that um, and um, draw some, some kind of ROI from that? Always. I think especially if you were doing something involving uh, other personalities, so people that already are well-known or already celebrities in their own right, you can tap into those um, markets. And I've always wanted to do something with a big celebrity and just see how much more, um, how many more views and how much more engagement you can get by tapping into someone else's audience. So I would be watching the statistics very carefully. 
So here's a challenging question for you. Um, if you could meet 10 different celebrities around the world um, and you could only ask them one question, what question would you ask them? Oh, good question. I, I, I love nerd questions. So I love testing people on trivia. So I would love to go around. We've done a video on this, which I will, I will send a link so that the listeners can, can watch this video themselves. Um, but I love just giving people questions that they would love to answer at a trivia night. And it would be so funny to go around to some of these really nerdy, boring professors and just ask them, like, what's the only letter that doesn't appear on the periodic table and see what they said. <laughs> That's a great one. My number one takeaway... <laughs> Well, Jade, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Be authentic. If you're being authentic and you are offering your own personality and something of value to people who are like you, then you can't help but be successful. You don't need amazing marketing campaigns if you're giving people something that they're going to really enjoy or they're going to find valuable or going to find educational. So if you're authentic, you can't go wrong. Wonderful. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your willingness to give back. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, they can visit our blog, which is at www.didsomeonesayscience.com, where we have links to all of our science videos, as well as matching articles and some of our thoughts on what's worked and what hasn't, which might be useful to people who are thinking about making their own YouTube videos. Superb. Well, thank you again. Thanks, David. Thanks so much for having me. Did you like it in radio? Did you like it in